whoa, 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 whoa. That is not how we can start this show. I like the riff. It has a good beat to it. I give it at least a 75. But on this week's edition of Wrestle Chat Radio, I don't know about you, but I just want to dance, dance, dance. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it kind of, yeah, we, we don't want to get sued. Uh, welcome, everybody, to this edition of Wrestle Chat Radio here on Blog Talk Radio, part of Fan, or rather, Fan Junkies Radio, part of Blog Talk Radio. You may have noticed, this is not the voice of Jonathan Rackus. Uh, John is uh, tending to some personal matters. We hope everything works out there. Jim Williams ably stepping in to fill in for him. I am joined tonight, as always, by... The uh, the John Laurinaitis, if you will. No, I'm kidding. He's actually much more competent than that. The one, the only, the legendary WrestleChat.net webmaster and a guy who somehow is my friend still, after all the Taylor Swift bashing I give to him, Brett Clendaniel. Hey, Brett. What's up, Jim? How are you today? I'm uh, I'm doing satisfactory. How about yourself? I have absolutely... Absolutely no complaints, and uh, like you said, best wishes go out to uh, our buddy John, who, who normally uh, hosts the show with us. Uh, definitely going through a, a, a ton today, having a rough day, and uh, all of our prayers go out to him. So, absolutely, absolutely, we're, we're thinking of you, John. Uh, we need somebody to fill the third chair. Well, we don't need somebody per se, but we wanted to get somebody in to fill in the third chair. So we got our good buddy from Wrestle Crap, the one, the only. The meme event himself, Mr. Cynic, Justin Henry. Hey, Justin. Hey, Jimmy. How you doing? How you doing, Brett? Not bad, man. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I just want to throw my sentiment in there for John as well. hope everything uh, works out for him. Uh, Before we get too far into the proceedings here, uh, friendly reminder, there are many ways to get in touch with us during the show. Get on Twitter, uh, send things to at WrestleChatNet, even put in the hashtag WrestleChat. That'll help a cause out here. You can also call the show, 347-237-5373. That's 347-237-5373. We've got a chat room open, and to Slim RJS, who is checking in in the chat, no, this is not the NAWC. We are not back on Blog Talk Radio. This is Wrestle Chat Radio. The uh, tool from that show just happens to be guest hosting this week. It's okay. Don't worry. We're all good here. Uh, gentlemen, if you don't mind, we have a call already on the line. Shall we take it? Absolutely. Let's do it. It's from the 706. Hello, good evening. You're on Wrestle Chat Radio. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ruler. Yeah, I had a question. What's up, man? That's been kind of pondering in my head since before WrestleMania. It seems the fact that we have a lot of trends going on. Every WrestleMania, some main event basically gets repeated every year. So from WrestleMania 29, what do you guys believe to think may get repeated for WrestleMania 30? Well, let's go right to Brett on this, because he was there present and accountable. Go ahead, Brett. Well, that's a really good question. Uh, what match from Sunday could possibly take place again next year? You know, I 
and and the fans are not going to like this, but I could really honestly see John Cena versus The Rock 3 happen. I, I, I really think it could happen. Yeah, it's not going to be popular, but you know what? Uh, they had a great match. I thought their match this past weekend. Now, now keep in mind, I have not seen this on TV yet. I, when I got home on uh, early Monday morning at around 2.30 in the morning, I got on Twitter, and I was actually really shocked to see that it didn't seem like this match was really popular with uh, with people that saw it up from, from home. Mm-hmm. They're live. I thought it was fantastic. It looked to be leaps and bounds over what they had last year. Um, and then last night on Raw, Booker T, he seemed to continue to stress that despite the Rock injury, he is still the number one contender. I actually could see a trilogy at WrestleMania 30. What do you think, Justin? Well, I'm still not sure about this whole Rock situation. Uh, to me, it still seems really, really fishy, like WWE's trying to save face. I mean, mm-hmm. I, mean the, I mean, the whole thing where he... I guess it was 3 o'clock yesterday, Vince finally got word that Rock was not at the venue. If, if Rock really was injured and if... Wouldn't he have you know, told his employer or told his supervisor or whatever, someone in the chain of command, that I'm injured, I need to see a doctor? And why fly home if you're that hurt? There's doctors in the New York metro area. WWE has had him on site. They were helping Triple H after his match with Brock. Yes, something definitely does not pass the smell test with what happened yesterday with The Rock, and I'm sure we're going uh, sure to get into that before the, uh, the night is over. Uh, Ruler, wh- what match from, from Sunday were you thinking of that could possibly happen again? Yeah, next well, year. I was talking to some friends and stuff, and they actually, I'm like, really? And I guess from what we see Monday, of course, it's Fondango versus Chris Jericho. Basically. Should I, should I hit the team again? Believe. No. Huh? Oh. Fondango. I was going to say, it's Fondango Johnny it. Curtis, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah, there you go, Johnny Curtis. There, it, it solves everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see it. I would like to see it, although I would I would wager a guess that Fandango will not have that gimmick this time next year. I would wager Right. I don't know. Hey, it was a year ago, uh, the the first Raw after WrestleMania where Daniel Bryan got the the pop of a lifetime, the yes, yes, yes chant started, and a year later Daniel Bryan is one of the most popular stars in the company. Last night you guys may beg to differ, but I think the star known as Fan Dango has been born. Yeah, how about this, Brett? A year ago at that first post-Raw Mania, well, I mean the post-Raw Mania, mm-hmm. Tensai Ten made his debut and had all that hype behind him. He, he, he cruised through the jobbers. He beat Cena. He beat Punk. And a year later, he's a dancing fool who can't even get a match on the main show. Well, okay. there you go. So, so maybe Fan Dango will not be anything next year. Yeah, it seems a lot of the guys that they hype up for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks have always have a trend of ways that they just don't seem to hang for long, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it with, like, uh, Carlito. We've seen it with just a lot of different people, and they just, you know, you hear from them, okay, cool, yeah, they're coming. Well, even Carn Evil, that was probably one of the most number ones that you just see for, like, a week, and then what happened? You don't hear from the guy again. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. It's very interesting. Ruler, we thank you for calling in from the 706. Hope you keep on listening and enjoy the rest of the show tonight, my friend. Always will, man. And you got all, it. You know, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. We will thank do you, that. Ruler. Thanks so much, man. Uh-huh. The Ruler joining us. Uh, I, I, I feel I feel. He's like a good Ruler. guy. I'll tell you what. Well, one thing about him, he is one of the biggest supporters of WrestleChat. And uh, oh, yeah. he's he's a fantastic guy. And on Twitter, that guy, I promise you, of every story that we post, we probably post close to 20 to 25 stories a day, and I guarantee you he will retweet half of them. He's a, he's a really good supporter. Absolutely. Uh, 
I want to take a question really fast, Jim, before before we jump into uh, WrestleMania 29. We have a question yeah. on uh, on Twitter. This is from Gary McKibben, and uh, he's asking, in regards to last night's Raw with the awesome crowd, what some are calling the best crowd ever, um, a, a large he is saying a large majority of the crowd last night were from the UK. Do you think this may help WrestleMania uh, uh, go to the United Kingdom in the future? You Ooh. guys think there's a chance of that? Well, I mean, you have to consider they did take SummerSlam over there some years back. Um, I would not rule it out, but I would say this. Due to logistics in terms of if they want to hold the show at 7 o'clock in London, I doubt people are going to pay for a pay-per-view at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. Uh, that's the only logistical problem that could be a nightmare. I, I wouldn't be against it, but I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. There's a better chance of it going, I saw the one sign from Raw last night, of Vancouver or somewhere in Canada, somewhere within the four-time zone area that we're in here in the uh, uh, continent of North America. Justin? I, yeah, I think London is definitely out, given the five-hour time difference. They're not going to tape it, especially a la SummerSlam 92. Mm-hmm. But, the Van- but the Vancouver thing... You know, the last few have been in, you know, major American cities. Ones they, they're kind of celebrity-friendly, like New York, now New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It, it's not going to be rural America anymore or rural Canada. It's got to be something that's like an A city, first and foremost, because that's the beauty. They're trying to keep their image high in, you know, on Madison Avenue and in Hollywood. And Vancouver, I don't think, fits that profile. You know, not, not against okay. Vancouver. Well, or Toronto, obviously, is the, the the bigger one, to say the least. And plus, they're following the Final Four model that's been in place for 15 years now. It's got to be at a big stadium that hosts at least 60,000, 65,000. And Vancouver could fit the bill with their, uh, uh, you know, CFL stadium that doesn't probably have half the seats filled, that kind of thing. So, we have another call coming in. It's from the 706. Let's go back to it. And uh, good evening. You're on Wrestle Chat Radio. Yeah, hello? What's up? Hello. Yeah, they they I just what was the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you guys couldn't talk over. I'm just like I'm doing my little thing over here and then let me get out of this room here. Okay. Uh well we're WrestleMania <sighs> here. This isn't ruler, is it? No. Yes, this is ruler again, guys. One call per <laughs> show No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead, be quick. Yeah. Sure. Huh? Oh no, I ain't got a question this time. <laughs> oh, okay. You were just listening in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, not by the computer. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Uh, first yeah, time I'm, I'm pretty frequent with the blog talk radio stuff, so, you know, I just, I'm like, hey. You it's, just it's listen in on the, the on via the phone. That's fine. That's fine. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. man. Let me put you back on, let me put you back it's on mute. It's all good. It's all good. All right. There we go. Ah, uh, yes. John, you are in so much trouble. Okay. Trouble, Let's... trouble. Oh. It left itself there. You had, I, I set you up for that. I set you up You did. That. Uh, 11 minutes after the hour here on WrestleChat Radio. Let's talk about WrestleMania 29, specifically, Brett, your experience there. Just give us an idea what it was like in that mass of humanity known as MetLife Stadium Sunday night. Well, I'll tell you, from, let me let me start at the beginning of the day. We, our drive up there we thought was going to be awful traffic. They had sent out this stadium advisory the night before telling us about how awful the traffic was down, in the, uh, in, down near MetLife Stadium. I had never been there before. 
So we left extra early. Uh, we left at about 11.30 in the morning thinking that we were going to spend so much time waiting around in traffic and things like that that by the time we got there, maybe we're going to spend an hour or so waiting around to get in. It was nothing like that. We actually were in the stadium parking lot by a little after 1. We made a fantastic time, no traffic at all. The parking lot was uh, next to empty at the time, except for uh, a lot of the early birds and the tailgaters. While in the parking lot, we saw some fantastic stuff. Um, I'll tell you what, and I, with no disrespect at all to any of our listeners, but I am a big wrestling nerd. You know, 29 years old, I turned 30 later this year. Uh, you know, You're still running a wrestling, still running running a wrestling uh, a wrestling site, doing a radio show once a week, and I feel like a nerd. My wife reminds me that I am a nerd every day of the week because of, and of wrestling. WWE. She doesn't. She doesn't understand it, and, and you know what? She's missing out. She watches General Hospital, for God's sake. So what can she say? Yeah. General Hospital? Oh, <laughs> close. <geez>. Close. <laughs> That's on Saturday nights. Um, on on Saturday Anaheim Planet, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so we get there, and I'll tell you what. I immediately realize that it doesn't matter how nerdy I feel like I am or that my wife tells me that I am. Mm-hmm. I was the least nerdiest person in this parking lot. I saw people in full wrestling gear. I saw a guy dressed as Zack Ryder uh, minus one pant leg. A guy uh, who we tweeted a picture of who, who was dressed in complete Daniel Bryan stuff with the tights. Uh, we saw Macho Man Randy Savage. Two bald guys walking around like the Bushwhackers licking random people's heads. Oh my god. It was Fantastic! We saw. I drove. I walked by a uh, a, a white a white uh, minivan, and I, I'm wondering. I see a big crowd behind it. I don't see anything. I I don't know what's going on in the van. I've seen some stuff on the internet. It made me think I kind of knew what was going on in the van. It was a little different than uh, Bang Bus. We won't go there anymore, though. Yeah. Um, is Chris Hansen aware of this? Would you like to have a seat? <laughs> it was it was a band playing. It was a cover band playing only WWE theme songs, which was fantastic. <laughs> So oh, aside that. from that, uh, and you saw a Dusty Rhodes look-alike, sort of, kind of. We did, and that that was excellent. Uh, from the outside, MetLife Stadium is uh, is the the ugliest looking venue I have ever seen in my life. I I finally got to meet uh, Jeff Peck um, from ninety seven nine ESPN in Hartford, uh, longtime uh, assistant here on WrestleChat.net. I got to meet him up at the show. Uh, he's a big uh, New York sports guy, and I said, "Dude, what this this stadium? Like they just put all this money into it. Why does it look like a big just ball of tin foil? It has no personality at all, and it looks really small from the outside." Long story short, let's get past all that. We get into the venue so easily. Uh, we we get inside, and immediately I run to the first uh, entrance down to the seats, just so that I could kind of walk down, see the set, see the venue, and take it all in. I walk in, I see the the Brooklyn Bridge, I see the Empire State Building, uh, the Statue of Liberty on top of the ring. It was the most awe-inspiring thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, kind of, I, I, honestly, and this is <laughs> going to make me sound like even more of a nerd, but I really, uh, it was really emotional for me to uh, have have watched this show every single year since uh, I was a very little boy. Uh, going back, I kept thinking of my grandfather who passed away 13 years ago of throat cancer, who really was responsible for getting me into uh, pro wrestling. And uh, that's all I can really think about. Uh, he used to tell me all the time, I'm going to take you to a WrestleMania one day. You're going to see all this. Um, and at that time, it was still in little tiny arenas and venues. Uh, for, hit, for for this, for, for to have the even to even have the opportunity to be there live and to see this, uh, it was really damn incredible. 
Um, I can't wait to see this all on DVD. I can't see what it looks like on the big screen. I can't see what it sounds like. I thought that the crowd was excellent that night, aside from uh, the, the Alberto Del Rio and Jack Swagger match. crowd was absolutely dead. Of course, I think anything following The Undertaker and CM Punk was going uh, to feel that. But um, it was just an incredible experience, uh, something that I think that anybody who's a wrestling fan needs to take the time, spend the money, and uh, cross it off your bucket list like I did this past Sunday. It was worth every single dime. All righty. Let me segue and bring Justin in here because, you know, while you're marking out over that, and understandably show, so there was a show to be had. Uh, four hours of, uh, well, highs and lows, to say the least. What are your overall thoughts on the card that we saw Sunday night, Justin? Well, to be honest with you, I didn't think it was a bad show, but but it felt really strange. I mean, for one, there was no backstage segments, which is weird. It was all just self-congratulatory vignettes and rock video, Cena video. You know, we support the troops. You know, we support Hurricane Sandy. You know, people recovering from that. And it's just... Like, I feel like they cater to people who aren't wrestling fans as opposed to people who are wrestling fans. That is, that, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Justin. And it's just I feel that way with with each passing WrestleMania. It's like they would rather attract people they don't already have than, you know, make make happy the ones they already do have. Well, the argument against uh, the argument against what you're saying, or to what you're saying, even, is they've always been that way since day one, bringing outside celebrities in and trying to do things that they wouldn't do on a Raw or on a SmackDown or what have you. It's uh, you know they they have to appeal to the least common denominator to a certain degree to get that extra money, to get the extra buys, to get the record-setting revenue, da 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 da, because it is a business after all. I I mean I do understand that, but. It- if I've spent $55 on something that I'm already watching, I'm not going to change the channel. Right. It's, it, By the way, if you spend $55, you got a bargain. Because uh, <laughs> a lot of places it was more like $65, $70 uh, this year. Right, but or, I'll say I'll say this much. On March 30th, eight days for WrestleMania, I was at the house show in Atlantic City. Okay. And there was no Rock, no Triple H, no Lesnar, no Undertaker. No offense, Undertaker. He's... He was the one big star who came through at WrestleMania that, that, that's a part-timer, other than right. Jericho. But the exp- I'm convinced that if Vince, Stephanie, Kevin Dunn, and the writing staff were all vanquished off the face of the earth tomorrow, the in-ring product would survive. Because people on that show that I, I didn't think were really that good, like Swagger, Fandango before his recent breakthrough, mm-hmm. uh, Tamina Snuka, Ryback, they were working the crowd like, like they've been doing it for 20 years each. And they were just so into what they were doing, doing every little trick in the book. You know, just probably about seven or eight thousand people there, an estimate. And the, and the place was hot the entire night for everything. Sure. They, they were just having the time of their life. There was no storylines that they had to play off of. No dumb writing. I mean, I understand you have to have writing on television in order to create storylines and move them forward. Sure. But it's, it's, it's the whole "too many cooks spoil the soup" theory. Mm-hmm. And they oversaturate everything, and they. And they bring in these big stars for the one big payday to try and move the buy rate for WrestleMania. You know, rather than you had this hardworking roster here, you had you had Cesaro who didn't have a match, Kofi didn't have a match, the Eight Man Tag got bumped, Miz and Barrett got bumped, and and for what you need? I mean, yeah, they're getting paid, but I'd feel a little bit disrespected if I were them. I would, and you know what? To a certain extent, and I'm going to make this statement and see if you guys agree with it or not. 
WWE pretty much took the next night, Monday, which we'll talk about at length a little bit later on, as a make-do to the fans, because the fans, I think, to some degree, got screwed uh, the night before on Sunday night with a card that, as a whole, didn't really stack up to WrestleMania standards. Brett, what do you think about that? You know, I don't agree with that. You know, I think on paper, the card was decent. I thought it was a decent card on paper. I, I don't see any problem with it. I think the main problem that people have with the card was they didn't want to see Rock and Cena again. They didn't want to see uh, uh, Brock Lesnar and Triple H again. And they really didn't want to see CM Punk match up with The Undertaker. And I think that's the main problem. When you have three co-main events that the, the fans just really have little interest in, I think that was the problem with the card. I don't I don't think it's so much the, the actual matches or the names that were on it. Okay, fair enough. Let's see if we have some insights from somebody on the line. Let's go to the 925. We say good evening. You're on Wrestle Chat Radio. Hello? Oh, hello. Uh, I-, I thought, you know, WrestleMania for like the first hour and a half was, it, it-, it was okay. I mean, you know, the Ryback and uh, Mark Henry match, I expected a little more from the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was somewhat disappointed in that match, but. When the Undertaker and CM Punk match came in, that's that's when I really got hyped up for the event, and uh, I, I knew Taker was going to be twenty-one and zero. You know, it was just something to to expect in my view, and and the problem with the Cena uh, Rock match was, you know, it was very predictable, but it came out, you know, to be a very hard-fought match, and I didn't see anything wrong with the match, although it was very predictable. But other than that, it wasn't the worst WrestleMania, and it wasn't the best WrestleMania. It was, I would say, it was better than WrestleMania 25 and 27 combined. Uh, but you know, it, it was pretty content. Okay, I, I would, I think that's a, an assessment a lot of people are going to have. Uh, we thank you for your comments and your insights and your opinions. Thanks for listening in. Thank you. All right, bye bye now. Uh, that, that's a that's a valid point. I mean, it was somewhere in the middle of, of, as a card on on the whole. Obviously, the highlight I think most people is go, are going to say was Punk Taker. Right, the crowd from what I could gather watching it, that was the match. Of course, they were most emotionally invested in and most interested in as a whole. Outside of that match, what was the second be- biggest highlight of the night in your estimation? From a uh, from a crowd reaction standpoint. From a crowd reaction standpoint, slash your own personal opinion. You know what? That's really tough. Uh, the crowd, the crowd really just they they fell off after the Undertaker versus CM Punk. Uh, they were even they were quiet during Del Rio and Swagger. I mean, to some points, I, I remember uh, reaching over and and uh, Benny Lopez, uh, who also helps out on WrestleChat.net, <laughs> he was there with me. And I say to Benny, I said, wow, just look around at this place. I mean, the crowd was exhausted. It was like they spent so much energy during the Undertaker match. Uh, you could just stare around, and the, the entire building was like that during that uh, that Del Rio Swagger match. And it even carried over into Triple H and Lesnar. Once again, I, I don't know how it came across on the, from the TV, but they were nowhere near as much into the Triple H-Brock match as they were the Undertaker-CM Punk. Uh, the crowd was all over C- uh, Cena and The Rock, though. It was a, the, they seemed to like that. But still, I don't think that was up to uh, the, the, Punk, or the CM Punk Undertaker match. I would say if one match came close to it, I think it was Team Hell No against uh, Jacked Off. 
Thank you, Justin. <laughs> Jack and Dolph. Yes, there you go. Uh, well, you know what? You actually set up a, a question I'll beg to you, Justin. Something I haven't done in a while. Historically on a pay-per-view, if they're going to have main event caliber matches, they're going to kind of separate them either by a couple of hours in the card or even have a Divas match in between or like what would have been the eight-man tag match in between. They decided to go main event caliber, main event caliber, main event caliber to end the night. Was that a booking mistake, do you think? I would tend to think so. I mean, what was the... What was really the point of getting rid of the eight-man tag or eight-person eight tag? No offense to the women. Well, yeah, eight-person. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to be gender specific here. Um, okay, eight human specimen tag. Thank you. <laughs> eight people made of molecules tag. Yeah. Um, Bill and I gives you a point. It takes me back to Chris Jericho's second book when he's talking about WrestleMania 18 when he faced Triple H in, in the so-called main event. He, he he admitted that he knew. That when Rock Hogan was going on before them, the Hand Hunter going to be dead in the water out there because right. he, he he just knew that when Hawk got out there, it was going to be absolute chaos, and he was absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Well, according to the book, when Triple H and him were watching that match together backstage on the monitor, and the place is just absolutely going bananas, Hunter apparently very arrogantly says, "Sure, the crowd's loving this, but don't worry, we'll give them a wrestling match," as if that was going to somehow top Hogan Rock because they're doing actual wrestling and telling a story instead of having an over-the-top battle. I think part of the problem is Triple H's arrogance, or the arrogance of, of whoever in the company thinks he's he's as great as he makes himself out to be. He's not bad. He's good. But he's not the end, he's not the alpha and the omega, and he never has been. Every great match he's ever had, Shawn Michaels has either carried him, or he just... He's had some great matches without Shawn, obviously. But... But most of them have been either with Sean or just with someone who knew what they were doing to his level. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I I got I got to cut you off there, Justin. You you are uh, I think you've been watching a few too many Bret Hart interviews. Uh, I think I don't think I think it's so unfair to say that Triple H is that overrated and that he was carried through his matches and things like that. I mean, without Triple H, you don't have Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and The Undertaker. I mean, really during that era. That era, he was really the glue that kind of that kind of held all that together. At one point or another, he was feuding with all of them. I mean, I know you're, you're willing to, to say that his career, you know, was, was okay. given okay. a four okay. out of ten, but I'll I'll amend that statement. When he was younger and more mobile, but after he tore his quad the first time, he was never the same. If you recall, in 2002, this is this is kind of dating myself a bit here. There was a story with Triple H. Got in front of the whole locker room. That's about six months after his quad tear, or he returned from his quad tear, and told the locker room that they need to slow down with their matches because nobody knows how to work. A locker room that had Chris Benoit, Ric Flair, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, going on down that list. What what he was saying was, I can't keep up with you guys anymore, and you guys need to slow down because I can't keep up. And it, and it was proven him and Jericho at Mania wasn't as fast as it, as it could have been two years ago. His match with Orton at 25 was just absolute drizzling you-know-what. Oh, man. <laughs> when, Baby oil. Um, Long show, sorry. <laughs> well, with Orton, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's this... He's, he, he more often disappoints when he has to come through in the clutch because he does things his way. If it's at somebody else's pace, it has a better chance of succeeding, but he's just... He's not as great mm-hmm. as he thinks he is. 
I'm I'm somewhere in between on that. I, I can see both sides of it. Here I am. I sit on the fence, like a good host should. Hooray! But, uh, yeah, I can see both sides of the coin. Triple H has been one to stroke his own proverbial ego, that's for sure. Uh, but the, the man has given us so many great moments and so much great talent over the years. Uh, let, let's let's move forward. We talked about the highlights of the night. We kind of mentioned some of the lowlights. What was the biggest disappointment on the night for you, Brett, uh, being there? Biggest disappointment of the night for me was them leading off with Sheamus, Randy Orton, and the Big Show against the Shield. Okay, I think really? there could have been a mu- yes. I think there could have been a much better spot for that match. Um, I think that the WWE made a really big and another big disappointment. I, I think this, this all goes hand in hand. Was just the way that the show was scheduled. They they end the show, you know, bam, 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 with four of of their biggest matches. It just didn't make any sense to me. There was no buffer in between them. There was no time for the fans to kind of catch their breath and breathe a little bit. And, uh, you know, that, for to me, was the biggest disappointment. Uh, they, it didn't make any sense. Just the layout of the show was really off. Justin, biggest disappointment from your end? It was a combination of the last two matches for me. Because Hunter and Lesnar just dragged and dragged and dragged, a la SummerSlam. And that goes into my point of why Hunter's not as good as he once was. When Lesnar faced Cena, that was just an exciting, maniacal brawl filled with blood. And these two have just been slow. And the main event with Rock and Cena, I I thought it was a good match. Not as good as last year's match. But I do see that criticism where it's just finisher, 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 finisher. And that's that's where I have, that's what I contend with the problem. Because it's like they're trying too hard to be like the taker matches with the constant finisher kickout, finisher kickout. How many reversals can we get in with a finisher kickout? It's like, okay, try something different. Try learning a few new moves, both guys. Someone said that if that became the main event style officially, then Davey Richards would be hired within a week. <laughs> <laughs> it, That's it, true. It, it's interesting. So so let's let's close the book on WrestleMania here. What's the biggest thing you take away from it, and what grade do you give it from a 1 to 10, 10 being it was the greatest of all time, 1 being it was hell in a kennel? Uh, Justin? Um. For me, I would give it maybe a six and a half or a seven. Like I said, it wasn't a terrible show. The only real bad match for me was Ryback and uh, Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. I I did a list for WrestleCrap of the of every Mania ranked ever from the best to the worst. Best being X seven, worst being nine. And to me, I'd put it between X eight and seven. Mania seven as being good show had at least one great match, but there was just a few things missing about it that kept it from being a Pantheon classic. So it's like a B minus WrestleMania, more or less. All right, Brett. Um, I don't know. You know, once again, I, I like rose-colored I glasses, notwithstanding. Yeah, I, I was, I, I, I was there live. I did not get to watch it on TV. There live, I thought it was much better than people were making it out to be. Uh, I would probably give it an eight, eight out of ten. Uh, not the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Probably not in my top five, but I did think it was a pretty good show. And uh, the the one takeaway that I take from it is uh, the the future, and many others may not believe this or agree with this, but I think that the future for the WWE is pretty bright. Uh, You have The Shield, who they wrestled their first WrestleMania. Ryback, uh, Biggie Langston made his WrestleMania debut. Fandango makes his WrestleMania debut. I I think that the future is bright when you look at the roster and you look at those guys, you look at at the big feuds that they've been playing in, and uh, they're going to be around for years to come. 
Not all those guys that made their debut are youngins, though. That's all I'm going to say. Well, yeah, but, but you, uh, they're 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 new stars, and it, it's it's a good thing that they got a spot on the card while guys like you know Kofi Kingston didn't, you know, things like that. Yes, Kofi got to hang with Jr. and Dusty Rhodes, if you will. And of course, my man Scott Stanford. It's not Sanford, Brett. Stanford. Okay? <laughs> Stanford. You know what? Before, you I tweeted, my before I tweeted that, I kept asking. I was like, you know, what? is this Stanford? Is it Sanford? And our whole group's like, no, I think it's Sanford. I think it's Sanford. One is Oops. the guy who has junk and hangs out, in, you know, and goes da 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 da. The other's the New Yorker. Okay. Just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just over halfway through, this is WrestleChat Radio. Jim Williams in for Jonathan Raggis with Brett Daniel from WrestleChat.net and Mr. WrestleCrap himself, in one man's eyes at least, Justin Henry. Okay, we can't put it off any longer. It's time to talk about one of the most memorable, insane Monday Night Raws, possibly in its 20-year history that occurred Monday night at the Eisenhower Center, uh, the biggest dump known to man in East Rutherford, New Jersey. But I'll tell you, the show wasn't a dump of a show. The crowd made that show. It goes back to a long-standing theory I've had. You can have the worst card in the world. If the crowd eats it up and makes it makes with it what they can, you can have a crap card, crap booking, and come out aces. Brett, your reaction to it all? That show last night was fantastic. Uh, 24 hours away, I, I kind of put the show in, in the perspective a little bit. Um, last night, I, I think I was a little too um, excited about what I had seen. I, I was, you know, like I was calling it one of the greatest roles that I had ever seen, and, and I don't think that's fair to say. Looking back on it now, um, what we saw in the ring wasn't anything special, aside from a uh, Miz and Wade Barrett put on a hell of a match to start the show. That they was did. a great match. That was much better than their pre-show match. That was they put on a WrestleMania caliber match last night. Why they didn't do that the day before, I do not know, but. Uh, that was the pretty good match. Seeing Dolph Ziggler cash in Money in the Bank was unbelievable. But that crowd, like you just said, you can have the worst show in the world. And if you have a crowd that sounds like that, it will make it all seem better. Uh, kudos to anybody who attended last night's show because that was an absolute clinic in what wrestling fans want to see every Monday night when they watch Raw. And remember, folks, they're going to Corpus Christi, Texas next week. Good luck with that. Uh, wrong, wrong. They're in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Corpus, uh, Corpus Christi, Greenville, South Carolina. It's the South, okay? Same difference. They're reserved. Keep in mind, they, they are in a, a lot of people are saying about the uh, the international fans. They are in London, I think, in, in two weeks. A couple weeks, yeah. Yeah, for Monday Night <laughs> Raw. Let's see if... Uh, well, it's bizarro they, world over there. They, those UK fans are going to come out. They're going to they're try to top this. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm, you know what? It makes for better television, and uh, the ratings indicate that. I thought it was gonna. I thought they were honestly gonna lose ratings, not because of WrestleMania so much as other things on TV, <clears throat> national championship game, but they didn't. They actually gained a, a couple hundred thousand viewers, if I'm not mistaken, for the night as a, as a whole. Yeah, they gained three hundred five thousand viewers over last week. Their third highest rated RAW of the year. Uh, some people are saying, oh, well, that always happens the first Raw after Mania. That's fair to say. But last week's show was very low rated for the sh- for the last Raw going into WrestleMania, and that show is traditionally high. So if you look at the breakdown, uh, their highest hour was hour two, which also is, is pretty normal from week to week, but it was a huge jump. It's almost like you could tell at a point where... 
fans were saying, oh, my God, Dolph Ziggler just cashed in Money in the Bank. Or fans called other fans or were tweeting about it. This crowd is awesome. And and all of a sudden, all these other people started to tune in. You can tell you can tell in the way that the ratings of uh, preliminary anyway have broken mm-hmm. down. And on Thursday, we will have a breakdown by uh, by segment that'll okay. actually tell us uh, if that's true or not. That'll be interesting to find out. We'll get to you, Justin. I promise. In a moment, we have a call from the two one six. Good evening. You are on Wrestle Chat Radio. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. How are you, sir? Hello? Hey, doing well. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm sorry. All right, no problem. Your name? Yeah, uh, my name is Jay. Um, most known as the host of uh, my show, blogtalkradio.com, uh, talking WWE with the Jay. All righty. Uh, what did you think of Raw last night? I did really enjoy it. I actually gave it a 10, and it's hard to get a 10 out of me because uh, on today's show I mentioned a lot of things. I think that crowd is one of the main attractions that gave us, uh, the fans, uh, a good view at this week's Raw. Uh, uh, no rocks, no rocks, no pump, but no problem because, uh, you know, the fans and Dolph Ziggler finally casting that money in briefcase. Uh, a lot of things was going on on Raw last night that I did like. Uh, we did see Taker. I've seen a lot of things, and it's, uh, it, I think, you know, last night uh, on Raw was a great one. It was, it was memorable. I wouldn't say it was great. There were moments that, I mean... The crowd made the show, there's no doubt about it, because they were poo-pooing on several of the matches towards the end. When when they get to the point where they're starting to chant for Michael Cole, for God's sakes, that's how you know they don't care about the match at hand. And, of course, I'm referring to the Randy Orton-Sheamus match where they could care less about what was going on in the ring. But I found that, as a, as a cynical person, hilarious myself, so I enjoyed that. Uh, from from a crowd aspect, yeah, it was a 10 out of 10. From an actual content aspect, maybe more like a 6 or a 7, in my humble opinion. Justin, what do you think? I think the crowd actually helped the show in a few ways, especially with that Barry Miz match. If you watch that part when the or early on in the match when Miz is just getting dumped on by the crowd, when they're cheering Barry exclusively and just and just shafting him with booze, you, you, you see Miz get really aggressive all of a sudden during the match, and like he, like, like he just hit hyperdrive. And he had a great sequence of moves going up until that botched neck breaker, which, mm-hmm. which of course the crowd just you know ate him alive over. <clears throat> Matthew, but prior to that, it's like it's like it energized him. And if, in that eight-person tag, Tensai out of nowhere busts out that running, flipping senton into the into the turnbuckle where Cody was laying because the crowd was just so amplified. It's like it, it rubs off on the performance, and they try harder as a result. Absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'll give you that much, no doubt. And uh, there were several wrestlers towards the end of the show that were really playing to the crowd, which I think is a positive thing. Uh, Jay, anything else? you want to quickly uh, give us your thoughts on WrestleMania? Yeah, no problem. I thought overall, I mean, uh, you know, I'm kind of 50-50 on WrestleMania, but, uh, you know, I, gave, I think I gave it like a 6 or 7. I mean, I think we could have some, you know, some, you know, Everything could have been it was consent, uh, but I think there's a lot of things in WrestleMania that happened that could have been done better. Um, Richard, I don't want to get too much detail because it take all day, but you know, I just thought the Rock and Cena match wasn't as good as everybody thought it would be. I don't know how you feel about you know number two. Of course, I had Cena winning at the Raw. People, are, it's not liking how you know the Rock put over Cena and didn't respect. So much respect that he show. I thought it was just classy, like JBL said at the table. But people are not liking that. And, it, you know, they say people are not liking a three, I mean, a third match. I mean, now the series is tied 1-1 between the Cena and Rock. 
So you never know what some goals from there. The Rock is advertised for Extreme Rules. Uh, so maybe that rematch clause gets invoked right there. Uh, they said the fans are not going to be behind the Rock. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. you guys' thoughts on that, how classy and, and, you know, how much respect the Rock showed after the match after losing to John Cena. Well, I'll, I'll, we got to let you go, but thank you for calling in, Jay. Much appreciated. Uh, it's funny, Brett, going back quickly to WrestleMania, you didn't see that because you were smart. You hightailed it out as soon as you could. I actually told my party that that was with us. There was uh, five of us in uh, in my row. Uh, there were sixteen in our group total, and uh, but the five in our row, I I told them before the match even began. I said, if the Rock wins, we're gonna hang around. We're gonna see what happens at the end. If we get a Cena heel turn, anything along those lines. But if Cena wins, the second we hear that three count. We're going to hightail it and get into the parking lot. So I um, I didn't catch the end. I did see it on YouTube yesterday. Um, I, you know, I, I guess the fans seemed to kind of turn on both of them at that point. Yeah. I, I don't think it benefited at all. Uh, that's what I got out of it, honest to goodness. Let me uh, let me go back to Raw here. We talked about Ziggler cashing in Money in the Bank. That was, the you know, one of the highlights from Raw, uh, as well as the crowd chants. We'll talk about Fandango in due time, my friends. We will. Let's talk about the Shield. Let's talk about the Shield meeting up with the Dead Man, the Undertaker getting ready, coming out, talking about how he's paying homage to Paul Bearer with that win Sunday night against CM Punk, and then the Shield comes out, and then an unholy alliance breaks free. Justin, are you digging a potential six-man tag between the Shield and? Team Friendship is Magic, again, and Taker? You mean the Brother Bears of Destruction? Yeah. <laughs> um, no! No! <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I'm digging anything with the Shield at this point. Because it, when's the last time you've seen someone debut in WWE, have a sustained push that many fans are behind and buy into, and are actually talented? Mm-hmm. So It's true. It's absolutely true. And let me let me go further. It seems like creative has atoned with the shield their mistakes that they made with the core and Nexus. Don't you agree with that, Brett? Uh, the shield is as far surpassed the Nexus at this point. I mean, the shield are they're legit. And when I'm, I think that when we look back at the Nexus, I think that most of us looked at the Nexus and we only saw probably. I mean, when I looked at the Nexus anyway, I only saw one star, and I'm not counting Daniel Bryan because he was he was gone for for most of the uh, the bulk of the Nexus's run when uh, he, he choked out somebody with his tie. But that's another story. Uh, Hi, Justin I, you know, Roberts. I, I really only looked at, at Wade Barrett as somebody that was going to be a future star. Sure. You look at you look at the guys in the Shield, and all three of them really have the potential to be really really great. Um, Roman Reigns has the size and the look. Uh, he has the the lineage with it, going back with it, with his family. You know he, he can he has the potential. Dean Ambrose is absolutely incredible. He's the head of the group, uh, and, and rightfully so. That guy has has a huge huge future ahead of them ahead of him. And Seth Rollins too. I don't think we'll ever see Seth Rollins as a, as a world champion or a WWE champion, but I, I can definitely see Seth Rollins as a U.S. champion and an Intercontinental champion. You know, a, a solid mid carder going forward. We have legitimately three stars in the Shield, and I honestly do not want to see it stop. I don't either. What I'm getting at when I was making the comparisons is the fact that they pretty much killed off the Nexus, killed off the uh, 
the quarter especially, when they mounted anybody that had some level of competence to challenge them. Any, you know. John Cena. A, yeah. Super Cena. Thank well, you. I, I think that, I think that Cena and, and the Shield, I think that their paths have, have done, you know, have, have been done crossing now. I, I don't think we're going to see that again. I mean, I, Not I might be wrong. But I, I think if the shield is going to end, I think it's going to be the Undertaker. I mm-hmm. hope not, but it seems like that's probably where this is going. It can't go on forever. But I, I would, I would contend that if Taker and his crew, his motley uh, brother bears of destruction, get the job done, then that that might be a bad thing to a certain extent. I, I don't know, I don't know, but we'll see how that plays out. Uh, 15 minutes or so left in the show. If you want to call in, 347-237-5373. Your thoughts on WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw, insanity in uh, the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area, to say the very, very least. Uh, Let's go back to Raw here, and let's talk about how the night ended, Justin. You've got Super Cena. You've got Ms. Ark Henry. Sexual chocolate chance, be damned. My cousin. Yep, thank you. <laughs> that's that's a little weird. We get to Ryback doing his thing. Ryback, you know, helping Cena up after getting slumped down in the corner, only to shell shock him. Ryback heel turn, question mark, your thoughts, and why or why not? I think at that point what they should have done was either sent Randy Orton, Alberta Del Rio, or Sheamus out there and had them annihilate Cena. Because that would have been the biggest face pop any of them have ever gotten in their entire careers, especially in front of that crowd. Yeah, well, that's that, that's that's probably true. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. What did you uh, What did you think about it, Brett? Brett. And Brett yes. is dead. I'm sorry. I'm actually I'm checking out the uh, I'm checking out the SmackDown spoilers that are going on right now, and uh, I can't help but notice that the crowd is trying so hard. To be like last night's crowd, and it just seems like they're failing. Well, that's Boston. Spoiler alert. That's Boston, <laughs> a bunch of assholes. Anyway, oh, I'm sorry. But uh, but yeah, about about the end of last night's Raw, I, I think Justin is is absolutely right. I think that that uh that they could have done a, something else there that may have garnered more of a reaction. It was cool to see. You know, I guess today the big debate is did did Ryback turn heel? If if this took place in any other town. Would the reaction likely have been different? Probably so. You know, so it's it's kind of weird right now. Nobody really knows where Ryback stands. I guess we'll get an idea maybe next week when uh, we get a, a normal raw crowd back in the uh, back in the stadium again. But um, I'm curious to see where this goes. I'm curious if we're looking at a John Cena Ryback feud. I, I know it's something that they've been talking about for a little while. At one point, that was rumored for WrestleMania 30. Uh, so yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes. If that goes, if they go with this at Extreme Rules, or if we see maybe a, a, a triple threat match with uh, Ryback, Cena, and Mark Henry, which uh, would make the most sense, at least from my standpoint. Yeah, it absolutely would. It absolutely would. We have to talk about the 800-pound gorilla in the in the room, or the elephant, as it were. And the elephant has a Brahma bull, but he doesn't have a belt anymore. And we're talking about the Rock. And Brett, I saw you going back and forth with our good buddy Eric Arjulo from Camel Clutch Blog on Twitter over the legitimacy of The Rock's injury and how it was communicated. And we Justin talked about it. A couple of our callers have talked about it as well. Do you think there's more that leads on than just, ooh, he tweeted three minutes into Raw. Oh, can't make it there. Sorry about that. Mm, you know, hey. There's definitely something else going on here. 
I just don't buy it. And if you read Eric's blog on the uh, CamelClutchBlog.com today, it puts every single thing that I'm thinking into one article. Something just does not make sense. You have The Rock who mysteriously disappears. Somehow nobody knows about it till three hours before the show's set to start. Apparently the whole show last night has to get rewritten, which maybe ended up being a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then The Rock tweets literally ten minutes before Raw that he tears his adductor muscle, his something else in his, in his abdomen. Today it comes out that he has a hernia, but nobody knew about it. It just it literally makes no sense to me how this all happened, how nobody knew about it. In my personal opinion, and I believe that Eric agrees with us, I wish that we could get him on the show for a few minutes to actually talk about the blog and what he thinks tonight, uh, but I really think there was some kind of blow-up. I don't know if it was uh, – what was supposed to happen was The Rock was supposed to be laid out by Brock Lesnar last night to kind of set up this WrestleMania 30 feud. Uh, maybe it was something with that. Maybe The Rock didn't think that he should be laid out by a guy who, you know, is, is just lost the night before. I mean, something else happened. Maybe it hasn't come out yet. Some people are trying to, you know, kind of uh, sugarcoat it a little bit and, and butter it up. But something does not make sense with, with this whole situation with The Rock. Let's get some feed. Let's get some feedback. We'll get Justin's thoughts on it in a second. We go to the phones again. From the 508 area code, you're on WrestleChat Radio. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. What's your name? My name's Jared. All right, Jared, what's going on? What what's did up, you Jared? About everything with The Rock last uh, last night, or the lack thereof, Rock, shall we say? Oh, I, I think it was totally unnecessary, and I just feel that if The Rock truly cared about the company how he says he was, he would have done it regardless of what the outcome was. This begs a question I'm going to beg to Justin, and, and we're pressed for time, so we got to let you go. We thank you for the call. Much appreciated, Jared. Thank you. Uh, Justin, I'm going to ask this question to you because you're our cynic here. Has The Rock lost his smile? I think he has. When that story first came out yesterday, you, you may remember that um, he tweeted Dana White very early Monday morning and said something positive about UFC or the way he runs his business. I can't remember the, the, the gist of it now. And I was trying to find it on Rock's Twitter page, and that tweet is mysteriously gone. Hmm. Very interesting. interesting. I hadn't heard that. Uh, the Rock UFC. Um, no. Hmm. Not to plug another competition site, but there's. It was 411 Mania originally had that tweet up, and I'm, I'm trying to find that now. Just a quote. Um. While you why don't you talk to Brett for a minute about this? We'll do. We'll do. Tweet. So let's hypothesize if you if you do you want to hypothesize what could be, you know, the reasons behind this. You mentioned the whole thing with Brock Lesnar. Do you think it could be something else? Do you think it could be just the way everything went out with Cena the night before? You know, I really don't know, and and I've been thinking about this, and I know that Eric Gargiulo, I, I know that he has been he he laid out a lot of different scenarios on what could have actually happened last night. I really don't know. I I, I don't think. I don't even know what the what the possibly think that it could be. I I'm kind of at a loss when it comes to it. I don't want to. I don't believe it has anything to do with with the with Brock Lesnar though. I All really right, just, don't. Justin, you have the tweet. Go ahead. Okay, I found it. Dana White tweeted him um, about you know good luck at WrestleMania. Rock responded, appreciate that, brother. A hell of a show. My tequila bottle away till I get home. Can't wait for UFC 159. That was 10 a.m. yesterday morning, I guess Eastern time. Hmm. That message is gone. As is a reported. 
tweet to a fan at 7.53 a.m. Eastern Time. That That is not part of his Twitter feed at all either. Hmm. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder a little bit. Well, and and we have this, too. This from uh, ProWrestling.net. Uh, uh, reader Sean Valentino, he attended all of the uh, WrestleMania festivities this weekend. He actually stayed in the, uh, in the Westin Jersey City Hotel with the WWE staff. Uh, this article is up on ProWrestling.net right now with uh, with uh, Sean's feelings. And if you scroll down to number 11, he actually talked to Rocky Johnson. The Rock's, uh, you know, uh, talked to him last night. And uh, according to Rocky Johnson, fans were, fans were bombarding him saying, hey, what happened to The Rock? Something doesn't make sense. And Rocky Johnson's response to this fan was, he is making $30 million a movie. Why in the hell would he need to deal with this nonsense? Which is... The honest truth. I mean that that that's what it comes down to right there. The man has more money than God right now for doing far less wear and tear to his body. But he did it in the first place. He agreed to do it for for the two years that he hasn't done it. He well, beat CM Punk twice, and all of a sudden, oh, time to go. Yeah, I he very and I I asked him somewhat facetiously, but there is truth to it. I really think he's lost his smile. I think he, you know, something something zapped out of him. Something is zapped out of him. Simply put. Uh, we're down to about seven minutes left. Let's get into a couple of other quick topics. Extreme Rules, look ahead to that. Uh, obviously, the groundwork is being laid potentially for the six-man tag, as I mentioned, between, or rather with the team of The Undertaker, Kane, and Daniel Bryan against The Shield. Any other matches you can see for co- forthcoming, perhaps, Brett? Uh, it would not shock me to see both the WWE title and the World Heavyweight title uh, defended in triple threat matches. I think we could see Cena, Ryback, Mark Henry in one. I think we could see Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, Alberto Del Rio in another. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Undertaker and the um, Team Hell No against the Shield seems to be uh, one that's going to take place. Chris Jericho earlier this morning touted out a, uh, a challenge to Fandango for a rematch at Extreme Rules. Looks like we'll see that again. Uh, some kind of may, we may even see a big show Sheamus Randy or in triple threat match. We literally may may get a get this pay per view full of triple threat extreme rule ma- rules matches. Three probably, way uh, probably Miz and Barrett again as well. Three way dance. Three way dance. Sorry, uh, it, it's something to look at. Something to look at. Uh, Justin, anything you want to throw in? Well, if it's, if it's extreme rules, isn't ordinarily the uh, show where um, WrestleMania rematches take place anyway? By and large. I mean, a.k.a. Backlash. Now it's just Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it'll be a good show, but I, I doubt we'll have that high-caliber, high-anticipated match like Cena and Brock last year. Maybe the six-man tag with Taker, Kane, and Bryan versus you know, the Shield could be a big draw, but of course not on that level. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and then let's look ahead. Let's go to the next step. WrestleMania 30 is less than 365 days away. Never too early to look ahead. <laughs> Never too early to look ahead, especially considering last year's main event, or this year's main event was booked a year in advance. Shocker. We talked about possibly a Rock Cena 3, once in a lifetime, best out of three, as uh, Cena famously said uh, on Raw Monday night. Uh, what about Taker Brock? Can you see that happening, Brett? I can see it happening, but if I had to put down money right now on the two... WrestleMania 30 main events. Uh, actually, I have three for you. I have three WrestleMania 30 uh, main events. I think that they are going to be Brock Lesnar versus The Rock. I think that we will see Triple H wrestle his last match against his best friend 
and the retired Shawn Michaels. I think that somehow that happens. Mm-hmm. And finally, I think that it, it, it also, the Undertaker's last match, I think this match finally needs to happen. I think it will close the show. I think that we need to see the Undertaker put the streak on the line against John Cena, who, <laughs> I want, who, who I'm hoping still holds the WWE title at the time somehow. Um, I think that will be the most unpredictable match that fans will have an emotional attachment to that we have seen in many, many years. That match needs to happen at WrestleMania 30. While I call our good buddy Carl Schneer of the CLW83 Network, CLW83.com, to tell everybody down that way where he lives to riot over that concept. <laughs> Justin, what do you think? WrestleMania 30 early predictions? It's, it's too hard to predict at this point. I think Cena Taker is a definite go. I'm getting a sense we're not going to see Rock. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, unless, you know, it, there's a big PR cover-up a la Monday night where he says, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't leave. I'm, I was hurt, and... But bring it via satellite. There you go. Right, but as but as more of, of of these details come out, you know, these inconsistencies of the story, I just don't see this ending in a way that's plausible for both for both WWE and Rock, and I'll just end up them trying to throw it under the rug and just go to separate ways as quiet as possible. Quickly before we go, thirty seconds each of you, possible Hall of Fame candidates for next year's Hall of Fame. Justin, who you got? If it's New Orleans, Jake the Snick Roberts from his Mid-South history. And, of course, Randy Savage. Do the right thing. I'd love to see them pull the trigger. Brett? Uh, I do not see Randy Savage getting in. Uh, I know it's long overdue, but uh, I think that uh, Lanny, Lanny Poffo is going to hold this one up for a long time. But um, I can see another deceased WWE star finally getting his due with the lawsuit settled. Owen Hart goes in next year, WrestleMania 30. I think you can bank on that. I think Owen is a, is a shoo-in. I really think it's uh, it's going to happen with everything settled and what have you. So there you go. That's the best part about this. You can always make guesses and see what the heck's going to happen. If you're right, woohoo. If you're wrong, eh, the surprise element's always there. Before we go, quickly, uh, plug your site. Plug what you do, Justin, at WrestleCrap. Uh, WrestleCrap.com. I am the lead article writer for the site while R.G. Reynolds is busy doing other things me and uh, the big cheese Paul Kraft take care of things for the most part uh-huh. I'm the lead satire writer I cover all the TV shows with the meme event and I do epic tweets from wrestling history each day good stuff good stuff and uh, check it out at WrestleCrap we know what Brett does. We won't let bother with that right now. <laughs> but, but I do have a quick plug. Very quickly, it, yes. Go on, go on Twitter. Tweet it. Fan, hashtag Fandango Revolution. Buy the song on iTunes. Wrestling Mems. He is on top of this. He started the movement. Fandango's WWE theme has already climbed nearly 200 spots today. It <laughs> just passed Taylor Swift and One Direction. Yes. Get on iTunes. Buy the theme. Da, 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 We're going da, to get da, the theme. Da, da, da. By the way, you just throwing your girl under the bus like that, it takes Fandango to do that? God Dude, bless him. Well, it's one. It's probably a song of hers, like two years old. Her, 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 her music lives. It has longevity. Why I oughta. A uh, quick promotion on my end. North American Wrestling Connection presented by WrestleChat.net this weekend at CLW83.com. Jason Block was at WrestleMania and Raw. He'll tell you all about that. Also, uh, VRM was there. Nikki Heyman will be your hostess. All sorts of fun things to be had. CLW83.com. We link it as well at WrestleChat.net. Justin, thank you so much for filling in for us and uh, getting the job done. 
Brett, as always, WrestleChat.net. Much appreciated, brother. It's where it's at. On behalf of Jonathan Raggis, he'll be back hopefully next week. I'm Jim Williams. We'll say goodnight. Hit it, maestro!